What's up and welcome to another episode of Black and the Maritimes. I'm Fidel and I'm here with recording artist and overall good person, rap teacher now because he's teaching how to rap to the people. Uh, shout out to all the kids that are learning how to rap. Uh, C. Dread, uh, also known as Eric Claiborne. Uh Nice to meet you, man. Nice to see your face. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the pleasure is all mine. Uh... I'm really excited to be on this platform, magazine, whatever you want to call it. It's great. You know, you're giving voices to us Black artists where a lot of the times we don't have one aside from what we do as artists. Yeah, I mean, we try. And there's other platforms as well that, that it's growing. So hopefully it keeps growing. So let, let's uh, talk about Eric Klamer before going to see Drep because there's an artist and there's a person. So, uh. Where did Eric Claiborne what live? Like, where did you live? Where did you grow up? So Eric Claiborne was born in Normando. His family comes from Elm Hill, New Brunswick, which is one of Canada's first black settlements established in 1806. My father's black. My mother's white. Um, on my mom's side of the family, it was a no-go for me as a kid. So, of course, I, you know, hung up with most of my dad's side of the family, you know what I mean? And all my friends were just, a, it's a choice you make as a kid growing up in between two cultures. Uh, eventually, one culture says you're not good enough to be there, so you stick to what you know best. Uh, aside from that, I grew up in the city of Montreal in an all-black neighborhood named Little Burgundy. Went to school up there. Uh, did uh, everything a, a kid from the urban hood would do to stay alive and survive. I've experienced homelessness, been to jail. Um, I don't know, and all through that, hip hop stayed with me, and eventually, uh, it's just something I had to do to end up using hip hop to get off the street. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, that's uh, we did an episode and you can check out the previous episode about black neighborhoods in Canada. Uh, you mentioned Little Burgundy, which uh, Oscar Peterson, great jazz artist, is from there. And a lot of big jazz artists came from Little Burgundy. Um, again, there is a series called The Porter, which actually uh, relates the railroad workers because people don't understand that there was uh, the only way a black man could make a living in those days uh, when uh, in the 40s, 50s, 30s was as a rail worker in Montreal and they were from Little Burgundy. So that's that's kind of cool. But uh, one of the things that kind of got me is that you were based in a predominantly like one of the first black neighborhoods in New Brunswick. Because when you talk about black settlements in New Brunswick, a lot of people don't know that they, they don't know that there were black settlements here. Uh, and they don't experience that. So uh, that's kind of interesting to to know. So growing up in Montreal in a black neighborhood, uh, I'm, I'm not I don't want to tell your age, but what what year was this? Oh, in the 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, I'm 50 years old, so it's a good 20, 30 years ago. You know, so. Came so how was how? 
how was that? How was living in those days in a, in a predominantly black neighborhood, let's say the 70s and 80s? It was all right. You know, going to high school, I went to a, a pretty much all white high school with a couple of token black guys to play for the basketball team. Um, it was it was all right. I mean, the, the kids I went to school with never came to my neighborhood ever, 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 ever for fear of being robbed or beat up. Um, and that was a real fear. That's straight. It was a real fear. Um, uh, for me, I, I didn't see anything different aside from when I left the neighborhood. Then we would encounter racism because back then skinheads were coming into play and they were going all over the place with their neo-Nazi, anti-black, anti-Jew, anti-anything now. White, really. And uh, yeah, so we stuck to our own kind, really, for, for protection. Oh, wow. And that's, uh, that's kind of interesting that you say that just because of the fact that there was a community that protected themselves, right? Uh, because of racism and out of all places, Montreal, it's a very French place, but you could, you could tell racism has no language. It's just, uh, I don't know. Very good. Just having an interview. Oh, sure. oh good. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's it, this is uncensored. So it's, we'll, we'll have that. So, you know, like, uh, you know, racism has no language. It doesn't really, it does, it doesn't really matter as long as the color of your skin was, black and wasn't white then that then that was a problem so when did you find hip-hop did you find it in montreal as well or where did you find it yeah i found hip-hop in the 70s when uh, i was born in 72 and we arrived in montreal in about 78 79 maybe and my older brother he was uh listening to uh, sugar hill gang's rapper's delight and he turned me on to it from a young age. And it stuck with me. Like that was one of the, still one of my favorite songs to to rap along with. Because I was one of those kids that used to love remembering things. And the long version of Rapper's Delight was my forte. My uh, my brother's older brother's friends would always ask me to do the whole song for them. And I would, it would be happy. And eventually that turned into something I wanted to do actually. Oh wow! So, so walk me to that. How was the? Was there any hip hop scene in Canada in Montreal at that point? Like, when did this start? When did Canadian rappers started like being Canadian rappers? Because this is like rappers delighted was this was in New York. There was a scene in New York, but how I how does it translate into Canada? Mid mid eighties, like eighty five, eighty six. That's when Canadian rappers started doing things like me, me and my show, Fresh West, of course. But then there's others like uh, Chuck Ice and Shades of Culture. And then you have your French ones like Saint Fession, and they came later. Uh, but of course, there's like a whole heap of like we all started basically at around the same time ish. Well, we're pretty much just following those who went before us, you know, Maestro, Mishimi. Uh, Chuck Ice, Shades of Culture, aforementioned. Uh, who else? Like, my goodness, Socrates, the Rascals, all these guys. Like, uh, even Swollen Members. Like, it's just Dream Warriors. If you remember those guys, like, we were just, you know, it was just amazing to see what type of hip hop was coming out of Canada back then. And we were just like, yeah, we want to be a part of it. So we just kept moving. 
So did you did you had any contact with those artists like the Maestro Fresh West or the Mishi Mees or anybody like that? I actually I, I do speak to Mishi Me from time to time. I'm still trying to get her to do a track with me, but she's a very busy woman, as you know. Uh, but yeah, um, but no, I, I haven't I've yet to reach out to Maestro or Chocolate or any of those guys. I'm kind of I'm kind of busy myself, still writing music. I'm working on my tenth album, so I'm not. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fanboy when it comes to stuff like that. I got business to take care of. And if we can cross paths, well, great. But if not, well, great, because I'm still I'm still busy. This master of Fresh West is living in, in New Brunswick. Right? He lives in St. John. St. John, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he lives in St. John, which is kind of, it's kind of crazy. So when when was the first time you ever recorded a song? It has to be... Like 1990. Oh, wow. 1990. Yeah, like 1990. And then after that, I recorded the compilation album in 2002 ish. And then that 2002 was absolutely the year I moved to New Brunswick. It was homeless and lost everything. And I had to start again using hip hop as a fuel to help me get off the street. So let let's get there. So you you've been living in Montreal. You record your first time in nineteen ninety. Uh, and and when does when does everything start going downhill? That you get to like homelessness and jail and things like that. Well, let's say in ninety two, it was my twentieth birthday. When it was my the, actually it started nineteen ninety. We'll start with uh it, it, as a juvenile guy like me who. We get into foolishness, never seemed to get caught for any foolishness as a juvenile. But as soon as I became 18 years old, that was my first infraction as an adult. And then it was just, a, you know, doing life on installments every year for the next 10 years. Find myself going back to jail, being homeless, you know, uh, alcoholism from time to time. And uh, in, in 2002, I had a complete, really homeless, like not even no place to sleep, no bed, no couch just to, to surf on. My cousin brought me down to New Brunswick, and I just never left. I came out of the sticks. I mean, I stayed in Elm Hill for a little while, but I needed the bigger city. I needed something to do. I wanted a microphone, and for me, it didn't matter what I was going to do. I'm like, is there a homeless shelter in Fredericton? And that's where they dropped me off, and soon after that, I got kicked out of the shelter and had to do what I did to survive. And well, here I am in 2007. I simultaneously released my first album and came off the street. Oh, wow. So it, it, it literally took almost 17 years for you to release the first album when you first, from the day you recorded your first song to actually recording an album. Yeah. So that, 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 that is a lot. But you had family in the Maritimes. Uh, was the uh, family, wasn't it? It, were there family issues that you couldn't like be with anybody in Montreal or in? Well, it wasn't about uh, issues or anything like that. It was more about me wanting to believe in myself and uh, use what God has given me, the tools that I've been given to make moves to come off the street without okay. asking for a handout. That's that's very honorable. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean. I, I don't 
no, you know, I I work with homeless people and I work with people that have been in, in shelter and things like that. And and one of the things that I learned is that anybody could be homeless. Anybody could get home. Like it could happen to anybody. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter if you had a job or you were rich or you were educated. It, it, it doesn't matter. Anybody, it could happen to anybody. And the second thing, it is hard to get out because you need resources. Like you need resources to get out. Uh, that's that's without even having, let's just say that you don't have any issues, like and no mental issues, no alcohol, no, no drugs. You still need to get a job and you need an address to get a job and you need deposits and you need like things. It, it, it takes research. So it's very, very, it's, it's very, very hard. Uh, th those two things. So I, I really got to congratulate you that you, you got it on your own. You, you didn't take handouts uh, because I feel like when you are homeless, you know, I, I think you need to do whatever you can just to get out of it. Cause it's, it's really, really hard. So that, 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 that's very commendable. So, when you do your first album, you're you're in the Maritimes. So you're already in New Brunswick and you are in Fredericton, which is a small place. Uh, you know, 2007 CDs were still a thing. Uh, how do you get to, you know, like what did you find like challenging in those days? Because you're again, you're in a population that's not really into hip hop. It's mainly white. It's mainly. So, so how do you get your music around in, in that time? Well, there was a, a hip-hop community here in Fredericton back then. See, in 2002, here on the streets, there was still an open mic hip-hop night. Now, when I when I arrived here in Fredericton, I'm walking up and down the street, freestyling to myself, because I got nothing else to do, and I'm maybe trying to gather a little bit of attention. And somebody hears me, and they're like, hey, there's an open mic hip-hop night happening at the Capitol Complex, which is now called The Cap, in Fredericton. And uh, I was like, really? Well, you know, I got a bed at the shelter. If I give that up, I got no place to sleep. But he gave me a place to sleep that night, and I promised him I'd show up. I showed up. And from there, the Capitol always gave me love. DJ gave me a place to sleep on Wednesdays when, you know, to stay out of the cold and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, eventually it was just uh, time to write an album and, uh, there wasn't many uh, studios to, to record around here. We used our friends' studios who had home studios or whatnot. And me, it was wherever I could record a song, I'd record a song. Eventually, I recorded the whole album uh, at uh, Breaking Record Studios, which is no longer happening. But uh, it was my buddy Brandon Middleholtz, a dude I met who shot my first video called Life's Questions. And subsequently, in one day... <laughs> I walked into his house, went into his studio, and recorded the whole album uh, from memory without any words or nothing like that. Just song after song. Let's get it done. And you know, that was that. Oh, wow. that That's incredible. Well, that's that's how rappers used to do. Like, I, I, I'd seen a bunch of rappers documented, and they said that, like, most of them didn't write anything. It was just off the top. They just went and, and, and busted rhymes. Uh, a lot of them did that. And a lot of them it was for me it was all songs that i had wrote and i'd remembered and, and lost the the like the, the words the rhyme book that had all the songs in them but lucky for me i remembered every song i had ever wrote at that up to that point so it was just easy i had the music i had the rhymes i was ready to go 
Oh wow! Uh, so that's that's good. So it, it would you say this is the the first album was the album that took you, you know, probably most of your life to record. Yeah, it's about times. Oh wow! So in the Maritimes, it, it's a uh, it's already difficult for a white artist to get because it's a small place. I mean, we we. The population of the four Atlantic provinces is less than the population of the city of Toronto. So uh, it, it is already hard for any artist to get to get any type of airplay or, or, note, or notice. Do you think it's actually harder for black artists or indigenous artists to get on here? That all depends on what you're looking for. I mean, I was never looking to be rich and famous as an MC more recognized as a, an MC who can inspire change and and really handle a microphone and, and a crowd and put on a good show. Um, I don't know about chasing that money dream. For me, I'm just happy being an MC rapper and not being homeless, you know, and being able to mentor kids through my hip-hop is an even greater blessing. So I don't care about the lights. If I want to, if I want a show, I'll book a show, and then I'll promote the show, put my name on a poster, and do it all myself. I don't have to wait for anybody. I used to have to search and search for venues to book me or go to promoters, but I don't do that anymore. I'm not chasing it. I'm living it. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the life you 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 want to live that life, and you and you do a true independence, which I I'm a big firm believer on that. I'm I'm a believer that if you If you want something, just do it. Like Nike, just you just go and do it. You don't need to wait for anybody. No, just go do it. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't tell anybody anything. Just do it, and they'll they'll find out. Yeah, I, I'm definitely a firm believer in that. And 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 what still motivates you after all this time? I mean, you know, I I'm glad that you you know you're you're a guy that does it for the love of it, and you're a guy that that does things and you have the passion from it and that's what fulfills you. But what, what inspires you to still write at this time? Like what, what gets you inspired to write and, and, and still do songs? Uh, I, I get inspired by the people who struggle daily to get out of bed. They open up their eyes and they begin to think that maybe the day might be okay. I get inspired by the person that decides that today's not the day and they're going back to bed because Even that's a win. They made a firm decision that said, you know what? It's better for me to stay in bed than let my mental health take over my whole day. Let's go back to sleep. And those that did get out of bed and did struggle through it and took a shower and became fresh and were ready to take on the day, even though it didn't look like they were going to start off that way, those are the people that uh, inspired. That's where I get my inspiration. A homeless man walking down the street every day, kicking a can, picks up the can, puts it in his basket and that's another five cents that's a you know that's inspiring to me because that means he's not giving up he still believes that there is hope hope that there's another can another five cents that'll get him some meal that day to me that's inspiring if you're looking for me to talk about any artist inspiring me or any shit like that now skip me with that i'm inspired by real people things oh that's that's great that's amazing to hear i mean uh I mean, you could call yourself a, a real rapper because I think the when when people think about 
especially the younger generation, when they think about hip hop or or music, they think about the lights, the camera, the the money, the flashiness. And when you go to the founding fathers of hip hop, Cool Herc, DJ Hollywood, those people, there wasn't any money. There wasn't anything there. It was just inspiration and just getting out of the streets. Really, it was it was dangerous. It was a dangerous place and kids needed a way out and. Uh, it's kind of sad that other arts such as graffiti or breaking breakdance didn't didn't follow along uh, the success of uh, of hip hop or of rapping and DJing and things like that. But nevertheless, I, I think it, it it's kind of refreshing to see people like you that it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of people go to bigger cities and say in search for a dream, but you kind of are living your dream. You're doing you're doing what you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. So, so far, how has it been treated by the, the hip hop community? Like, uh, you know, I saw a post of you on Facebook that you kind of wanted to get into the ECMA. Uh, have you ever dealt with those organizations like Music New Brunswick, the ECMA, and things like that? What and what are your yeah. thoughts about those organizations? I, I've been a member, and I, I never really submitted for anything ever. I never really believed that, you know. I, I guess in my head, I didn't want to have to pay for an award. Like if I won and I made a submission and I won because I paid for it, it wasn't it wasn't worth it to me. But now after all this time, you know, I'm working on my 10th album. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should try, you know, just to see if, if it's possible. Maybe I could get nominated, maybe even win. You know what I mean? But, you know, you got to try. You know, I figure, so why not? Well, yeah, I mean, why not? That's that's definitely that that's definitely a way to, a way to see it. So, I mean, what of your tenth albums? Which one you think it's the the one that it took you? You know, it was the most challenging to make, other than the first one, because again, we go that the first one was the the first one took you almost seventeen years to make. Other than that, which is the other one that you think is like, oh wow, this this. This was a challenge, or this was a, this was an experience. Um, I have to say it would be the CDPB Micro Brewery. Uh, that album, that album was like number seven or eight or something like that. But that was a that was a whole concept album uh, based on uh, micro breweries. I had uh, linked up with a producer from New York City. Uh, Harlem named uh, PB Caffeine from the Shognosis Lab Group. And uh, we've been talking for a while up to that point and finally decided we would get down on an album. He would send me the music and I would write to it, record it, send it back, and we'd see where we go from there. That album took me almost a year to write. And it's not for a lack of trying either. It was just uh, the concept. So I was trying to write a concept album without an actual concept. I didn't want to have any any of the songs have anything to do with the titles of the songs, even though the songs were going to be named after beers, like named as as if they were a beer on the menu. And it ended up, they all ended up correlating together and, and concept became an actual concept. Oh wow, that's that's pretty dope. I'm, I'm probably gonna hear that. So, if people want to hear your music, it's 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 everything online, like on digital platforms like Spotify, Bandcamp, and things like that. 
Yeah, definitely. On Bandcamp, it is ceb.bandcamp.com. Okay, so I got two last questions for you. Uh, the first one is, where does the name Seb Dread come from? Or okay, Seb Dread? First of all, Seb Dread don't come from anywhere, but uh, Seb Dread. Dread. Uh, yeah, sorry Seab, about that. <laughs> my, my last name is Claiborne, and when I was a kid, we were breakdancing. We'd have, uh, you know, we'd have uh, names on our back, and, and mine was Claiborne for a while, and we'd be play, playing basketball, and uh, they would Claiborne pass the ball, or Claiborne do this, Claiborne do that. And then later on, it became C-Born on the back of my track jacket for breakdancing. And then straight up, one day, we were smoking a blunt, me and my homies, and I was holding on to it for a little too long for their liking. And they were like, see, pass the blunt. And I'm like, what? They're like, pass the blunt. I'm like, what did you say? See, I'm like, okay, guys, you got to stop with the abbreviations of my name because here we go from Claiborne to Seaborn to Seab. After that, it's going to be C and then there's nothing. So we need to stop here. We'll stay at Seab. That'll be fine. Then I grew dreads and figured I needed a last name. And, and that's where it came from, Seab Dread. Some oh, wow. people do crime to get la to get uh, rapper names or whatnot like that. I Me, mean, I just lived my life. So it's a, it's absolutely me. That, that 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 is a good way to 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 get a name like that from your people. That that's good. Now, my last question is, what is like to be black in the Maritimes? Well, I don't know. You should come try it out sometimes. It's not a it's not a it's not a walk in the park. That's for sure. Um, you got to be careful what you say sometimes. You got to be careful what you do. You got to be on your point when it comes to police and, you know, not just trying to draw too much attention to yourself. Um, it's an experience, to say the least. It's, a, you know, it's a one day at a time. And every day I hope I don't have to see a cop at all. And, uh, just, and, and that's how being black in the Maritimes is. I I would agree. It, it's an experience. I mean, uh, in Moncton, Fredericton, doesn't really matter where you are. It, being black in America is an experience. So, if people want to find <laughs> you, where do they go to? Uh, you can just Google Steve Dread, and that's me for ten pages deep. Oh wow, that's nice. So, uh, again, uh, Steve, Eric, thank you for this. Uh, also, I do I do think that uh, shout out to. Uh, the person that linked us up, which you're teaching her little boy how to rap. So I, yes, I do. Tio. Yeah. Tia, shout out to Theo. I didn't want to say his name because, you know, I don't want to know if his mom wanted that. But shout out to her, uh, definitely to link us up. And this is uh, very good. So, see, but again, thank you for um, giving me this interview. And again, guys, if you want to see more, you can uh, shout us out on Spotify. Apple Music, Amazon, uh, make like and subscribe. Make sure you drop some stars or comments. And thank you for everybody that's donating on PayPal and Patreon. Peace.